good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is Mike, Tom, and Jim, and we are one more than two. We are three sweet me bro. For this week's clickbait, we are going to talk about the buildup to what is the showcase of the Immortals, WrestleMania, coming up this weekend. We're also going to cover some uh, New Japan news, a little bit of fallout from the New Japan Cup. Uh, we're also going to touch on the seemingly never-ending story of CM Punk and the all-out drama. And finally, we're going to get to one of Jim's favorite people on this planet. That's right, Mr. Jim Cornette. Stay tuned and welcome to Clickbait. Kind of touch on some stuff that's happening. It just seems like news just keeps happening and happening and where it's been like, what? To like, oh God, no. Like, to like, oh shit. Clickbait. And hello, everyone. We're back. It's been a little bit. Um, lots of stuff stewing. Um, we got some good stuff for you today. Uh, I think that we're uh, really going to get into. Uh, so I think without further ado, let's just get into it, gentlemen. Um, we obviously know one of the biggest uh, events of the year is coming up this weekend or this coming weekend, April 1st and 2nd. That's WrestleMania. Uh, and there's been some weird, um, not weird, but just some unusual buzz maybe i would say with wrestlemania just given the uh obviously the roman uh and cody feud uh so we'll get into that um there's some bray wyatt stuff going on um supposedly like it, there was some pretty big changes that i actually just read about that um which we'll we'll get we'll get into that we'll get into that but uh I, we'll, we'll start things off with a with a, a kind of a, a wrestlemania lead-in uh, so I know Tom, you had, um, something you kind of wanted to bring up, um, just in general about the Reigns uh, roads feud. Um, you know, so kick us off. Like what's, what's your, what's, what's your clickbait with the Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes, uh, build well, up to WrestleMania. It's not so much as a clickbait is, is kind of maybe a hot take. Um, I am absolutely loving the story. I think this is what, uh, WWE does best when they actually are firing an all full like cylinders. Um, I think the back and forth between Reigns and Rhodes has been phenomenal. Uh, the, the deep history between Dusty and Roman and, you know, Cody kind of being the forgotten child, I think is, is great. Everybody is playing their part beautifully. However, the one thing that I'm worried about is that, I don't know it's going to live up to its expectations. Sure. I'm worried that it's going to be kind of a dud. And I think, and I wanted to get your guys' perspective on it. I think Reigns is going to retain. So what does that do for Cody? Because Cody comes in white fucking hot. And now he's going to probably most likely lose at, at Mania. So where do you guys see this story progressing? And are we going to see it kind of start to fall apart? Um, I don't like the the solo angle of it all. I think that's kind of too soon. Because um, they, they definitely, they teased it a lot on Monday. I don't watch WWE, as everybody knows. Um, but I was at a bar uh, with my wife and some friends and, and saw Cody. There was like this Cody and solo, like kind of stare off. And I actually, I, again, I don't know what's going on. I get it, you know, that they're the henchmen of Reigns, and so there's that kind of build to it. But, like, there, it, you kind of alluded to it, Tom, that there's something else going on, and I think it's actually distracting from the overall buildup. Um, which, so uh, get to that, and then I, I really want to answer your question because I actually have some some interesting – I think I have an interesting take on the Cody Rhodes thing too. So, um, you know, I just you brought up something about Solo and Cody. So could you just oh, elaborate yeah. on that uh, more like – 
So they, they, there's, there's been rumors that Solo's gonna, oddly enough, go solo, and uh, <laughs> looks, oh. hey, uh, it looks as if he's gonna fight Rain sometime soon, and they teased it pretty heavily on Monday. Um, hmm. I did like what I, I think Cody is phenomenal on the mic. I think he's a really Absolutely. great storyteller. Absolutely. I just don't think he's. I, I don't want to say ready for the main event because I think he is. I just think it's just one of these things that the story is far better than the wrestlers. And the whole thing with Solo is that I I, I feel like they – do you remember uh, – God, forgive me. Uh, is it Manu? Yeah, Manu. Yeah, Manu. Manu. Yep. So they are doing this like weird rehash, but rather Manu or whatever his name is. What is his name? <laughs> Manu. I, Why are you so bad at this? So I'm, so, I'm so sorry. Manu? Or Manu? Kind of, Manu, you've got you've Manu. got a few <laughs> chance of putting the emphasis on the right syllable, and you fucking miss it every <laughs> time. Sorry, I uh, so uh, Kodai Rios. Um, no, so I, 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 if you guys remember that a while back when they did the the legacy thing with yeah. Orton and DiBiase's kid, I I feel like it's a weird rehashing in that story. I think Solo is good. But I don't think he's as promising as WWE is trying to make him. It's one of those, you got a long way to go. And I don't think the undefeated streak is the way to do it. I think what Rhodes did, Rhodes kind of like, you're not ready for this. You can't handle this. And then he does the, he attempts to do the Samoan spike, which I thought was great. And he, and Rhodes just full front, like kicks him. And I thought that was, again, really great storytelling. But where are we going with this bloodline story? Like. Are we going to start seeing it fall apart? But how do we do that with Cody in the middle of it, in the mix of it? Because I, I think I, I wanted to say, too, I, I, I'm pretty sure uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going over and going to win the tag team uh, tag yeah. titles, which is great. I think it's phenomenal. Let them go and do their own thing. So where do you guys see this headed? And, and are we in kind of a spiral territory? Or are we going to see that much of a better payoff at SummerSlam? Jim, I want to. I'll, I'll let you go just because I know you watch the product a little bit more than me. Mine, mine is just it's just some, I don't know, interesting takes from a a really kind of non WWE watcher. So sure. kind of want to. I, I want to see what you have to say first, Jim. Well, I, I, I think first of all, I agree wholeheartedly with what Tom said about the tag titles. I think that Kevin and Sammy have to win the titles at this yeah. point. Um, and I, I think that's that's telling though is I think that if if the tag titles are going to leave the bloodline then i agree i think roman is going to go over at mania i think he's going to win uh but i think it's going to set up the breakdown of the bloodline so that at SummerSlam you're going to have cody win the title but it's going to be because solo cost reigns the title i think i think that's ultimately what they're building to i don't think they're ever going to have cody go over clean on roman and I, I think that's because they've, they've invested so much in Roman over the last several years. Having him lose clean, it's it's like, you know, you can count on one hand the number of times Hogan lost clean. You know, I, I think oh, Roman yeah. is much the same kind of route right now. So, yeah, I agree. I think Roman's going to win, win at Mania. It's going to lead to a fallout of the bloodline because the Usos are dropping the tag titles. Roman's going to get on them about being failures. Solos, they're you know they're legitimate brothers, so that's going to cause tension. 
I, I think that's ultimately what it's building towards is SummerSlam is going to see Cody win the titles, but because Solo hands it to him, essentially. Solo is mm. going to turn on Roman, and I think that's where it's going to go. I don't like it. Uh, I, I don't like the fact that I can see it coming. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I fucking hate that much <laughs> of it. <laughs> uh, but I can, I, I, I can absolutely see it coming. And, um, and it sucks because, like you said, the story is much better than the wrestlers involved. Roman and Cody, I don't think, are at the level that the story is at. Uh, you're right. Cody's phenomenal on the mic. His ring work has been good, but not great. Uh, but on the mic, he's been fan-fucking-tastic. And I, I, I just I don't, I don't know if the product is going to be better than what they're doing right now. I don't yeah. think Cody and Roman can get better than where they are now. That's a, No, that's a really good take. So my, my whole thing on it is, is I actually I think Cody's going to win. Um, I, this wow. to me, yeah, this to me feels like a very, and I know, oh my God, I'm going to say his name, very Chris Benoit, where it's never heard he, of him. Who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, because if you remember, there was the big buildup, 17 year journey, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they didn't think, cause I don't know if you guys remember, um, it was supposed to just be Benoit and Triple H and they were like, Wow. Benoit has the charisma of a brick. We got to put Shawn Michaels in, and it, it ended up working. But he lost it at SummerSlam to Randy Orton, an up and coming. Who's up and coming? Uh, I always mess up his name too, Tom. So I'm with you. But Sola Sokoa. Yep. Um, I could absolutely see them. It, to me, they're it, it with Solo. It feels like they're trying to. It's like the next John Cena or the next Roman Reigns. Is they're going to try and shove us down his throat, and it kind of sucks. And I don't. That's where I'm like, Ugh. like I don't like. I it just feels like that from what I've seen. Granted. I haven't seen a lot, but um, I, it's really interesting. And I think this is very telling of the WWE product because I agree with you, Jim. I think Cody's in-ring work is very limited, but it's, excuse me, who he has as a, as a, as a dance partner. If you look at some of the matches he had in AEW, were really good. I actually, I will say his mic work was really good. His in-ring work, his in-ring work was definitely better than I had seen it. Now he's back in WWE. That is a, that is a, I can't think of the word, a very prescribed product, if that makes sense. Like it's, it's very different from the AEW style. And I think Cody is kind of like struggling to adapt, readapt himself to a WWE in-ring style. Um, I also think that this honestly, storyline wise, I a hundred percent agree with you. Atrocious matchup. You have Roman Reigns, whose main event matches consist of like maybe 10 moves, you know, and it's like, then it's over. And Cody Rhodes, the same thing. And it's just, again, I think it's all to me, this is going to be all story and like very sizzle. It's it's mm-hmm. going to be very flat. I still think I, I really do. I think Cody is going to go over. And then essentially what's going to happen is there's going to be, we'll see the fallout from the bloodline. And of course, Roman, you know, is going to blame this, going to blame that. And then that's where I could see, you know, solo coming in and being like, oh, you know, the tribal chief was weak and I'm the real whatever. That's what I'm seeing it as. But, you know, again, I could be wrong because uh, I think, Jim, you know what you said. It seems to be from everything that I'm hearing you guys, everything that I'm reading, it's very telling that it sounds like Roman is you know going to retain and all this stuff. So I could see that happening, but I could also I, I could see the other thing happening. Um, but uh, yeah, but I just. Even I just feel like it's. Kind of boring, to be honest. Um, is just this, this whole buildup it's, um, 
like it's what I'm afraid of is, is again, um, not to be repetitive, but it's just somewhat good buildup. And it's, I'm just afraid it's going to lead to a sizzle. It's not, there's not going to be anything real good behind it. And that's just because it's just like, it's been going on and on and on. And it's like, guys, like do something like, well, let's, let me put it this way, Mike. And I, I think, I think this, this is what I'm feeling. And I think it sounds like you and I are on the same page. Let me know if this is accurate for me. I'm excited to see the match between yep. Usos and Sammy and KO. I'm not excited for the match between Cody and Roman. Yeah. I've been excited for the promos, not excited about the actual match. Um, I'm like, I'm totally fine. Just finding out who wins at the end. I don't think there's going to be anything special that happens there, but the KO, the KO same, the tag title match, I think is going to be phenomenal. I'm really looking forward to watching that. And I, I think that's been my big problem with the, the Cody Roman build at this point is I know they're not going to really do anything. That's the thing. And it's yes, I love the heel, um, but I, I love a good guy's story. And man, you can't get much. There is so much heart and soul. And granted, we all know a lot about Sammy, um, El Generico, Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens. So there's a lot behind that already. Not disqualifying that because I think, again, WWE has done that very, very well. They told the story, but those guys can actually, they can roll, you know? And I think with the Usos, they've definitely gotten better. So, Jim, I'm 100% with you. I think that match is going to be phenomenal. There's going to be so much heart and soul in that match. And you get to that main event, and it's going to be like, getting my thought. Yeah, well, I'm I'm getting my thought together. I think it's going to be, no, it's I I, I had it, and it's, we want it to be heart and soul because of those promos, because it's Dusty's kid, you know? It's, This is a, a, a le- the Annoy family legacy. Like, wow. And you've, but you've got kind of two, you've got Roman who's, you know, he has found his footing, but he's still kind of dry. And then you've got Cody who's essentially just kind of trying to do what his dad did. And it just, to me, it just doesn't, mm-hmm. something's not working. And yeah. I just, I really feel like that match is going to be a complete dud. Um, you know, but I, I do, I still think, I think Cody's going to go over and I think they're going to realize Cody might not be ready yet. And we're going to try this weird experiment with solo. Uh, maybe that not work. Who knows? But mm-hmm. it'll be, it's going to be a really interesting lead up to SummerSlam, kind of the next, you know, the, they're one of their big, big pay-per-views of the year. So yeah, I don't know, but um, something else I wanted to uh, bring up too. And I know Tom, you've been kind of tracking this yeah. WrestleMania is uh, what's up with Bray Wyatt. Like <laughs> what's going on, man. Boy, that's <laughs> it. To, to quote a wise man, suckers gots to know. Suckers what is up <laughs> with Bray Wyatt? Suckers gots to know. <laughs> uh, well, so a couple, I, I want to say two weeks ago, the WWE had their annual house show in Madison Square Garden. And there were reports that Wyatt mysteriously just didn't show up. And then on top of that, everybody else is reporting that he has this like mysterious illness. Um, if you've been watching Bray Wyatt, kind of this whole Uncle Howdy unfold, for lack of a better term, it's been kind of a train wreck. Uh, and unfortunately, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that he's not letting, he's not being able to let him be himself. Yeah. You can see that there's somebody holding him back. That a lot of this story really doesn't make any sense. Uh, one, uh, to, to add to my argument, that weird neon light match he had with L.A. Knight. Pitch black. That did, 
Yeah, Pitch Black, which was sponsored by Mountain Dew. Like, come on. Who's really <laughs> behind that? Um, so he he has been reported that he has dropped out of WrestleMania and thus ending this weird feud with Bobby Lashley. Uh, thank God. And yeah. uh, he, I guess Bobby Lashley is in the Andre the Battle Royale now, which kind of sucks because I'm pretty sure he's going to win. Because they 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 kind of they're like well we don't have anything for you so we'll give you this um, <laughs> I think it's I think it's kind of a a shame that Wyatt as as creative as he is is being held back uh, but then again if this is not a mysterious illness and it's just him pulling out good for him mm-hmm. to be like hey you guys brought me back and you still fucked me over so fuck you I'm done um, yeah so wh- what do you guys think I I think. I'm sure he is probably sick, but I'm also betting that he's also very sick of the WWE. It, it, you know, it sure seems huh? like that because Either I guess right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, because I had heard that all of this really started because um, it was supposed to be Bray and Brock. And I can get behind that. Sure. And I guess Brock was like, nope, and shut it down. <laughs> so that's why they like literally Brock was like, nope, didn't want to work with him. And that's when they put him. They were like, uh, Bobby Lashley. And of course, that's been just got awful. And again, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> thank God it hasn't. But I, it sounds like a lot of this really started with it was when Brock went, nope, you know, for whatever. And no one's really it, there's never been a really reason why why Brock doesn't want to work with him. I don't know. I don't know if it's he's afraid that he's going to look bad. I, I don't know. It's just, but I would have way, I would have much have preferred that than the Brock Lesnar almost, which <laughs> is going to be, well, you talk about a train wreck. I'm just going to watch that to see how fucking funny and just pathetic that is. But, um, you know, and maybe we can save this for another future uh, clickbait. But, you know, again, I don't know if you've also heard, but. Word on the street is Brock might be taking some more extended time off. Like he's going to kind of rap for a while. Interesting. Um, yeah. So it's my guess is he's probably going to put almost over, which is, yeah, you're a, hey, oh, bigger man than I am, uh, um, which they both are. Hey-o. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just anyway. But no, Tom, I agree with you. It's just, I don't know what's going I feel bad. I hope he's okay. Um, you know, if he is sick, I hope he's, he's good. But I agree. I think he's just, it's, I don't know who is controlling this, but man, that talk about a baseball bat to your gut with that, that goofy fucking pitch black match. I was like, holy shit. Did you just kill every bit of momentum Mm -hmm. with this guy? Like anything that you had, like, this is ridiculous. Like, so anyway, but that's, again, I don't watch the product, but that's my take on it. So, you know, I, you know, up for discussion real quick to play devil's advocate though. Remember when the sickness, uh, like uh, the hit the entire WWE and like people were getting like sick left and right, and yeah. it canceled the Sister Abigail uh, versus Demon the- match, oh, which is like I'm just I know this is this is far fetched, but it's very interesting that that was also kind of a really poor build up and a really bad match, and all of a sudden he mysteriously got sick. This has also been a terrible build up. Mysteriously is sick. And I know Bray is like a very, he's a huge advocate for mental health. He talks about it all the time on his social platform and stuff. Um, and, you know, I hope that's not the case. I hope he's doing well and, and he's healthy. But I just have a sneaking suspicion that things are getting 
pulled from underneath him because it's just it's just falling flat on its face. I don't think he's sick at all. I'll just say it. Yeah, I'll just say it. I don't I don't fucking I don't think for one goddamn second he even has a fucking head cold. I think he just he he saw the writing on the wall and went, "Fuck this. I don't need it. I don't want it." And you know, speaking of advocating for mental health, went it's not worth it. My mental health is worth more than what these people are doing to me. And yeah. and he walked away. And good for you, man. I fucking yeah. three thousand percent support him because it was it was it was a stupid idea to put him in there with Bobby Lashley, right? I we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I I thought this this whole you know him versus L.A. Knight was a good shake off the rust kind of feud to get back into the to you know made card level. He, the Bobby Lashley thing just proved that they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They no. don't know what they're going to do with the guy. And I think he's finally figuring it out. And, and I think he, he walked away and again, good for him. Good for him for walking away. I don't for a second believe this whole mysterious illness bullshit. That's uh, just <laughs> having, having worked in PR, I'm telling you, that's a fucking PR excuse right there. Um, Cause you just got all, you got plausible deniability out the ass. I, I think he just realized his worth and realized what he was being used for and walked away and good for him. I hope they let him go. Uh, I hope he shows up in AEW where his creativity, I think, will actually be allowed to flourish. I think it's what he should have done before anyway, but whatever. Nobody has my opinion. I'm, <laughs> I'm still like, I'm sorry, but I think you give me something with a house of black and mm -hmm. Bray Wyatt. That's oh, yeah. that writes itself for a year. My yep. God. Like, well, imagine even if this. you want it. Oh, sorry. Go. No, go ahead, Jim. I was going to say, imagine this Bray Wyatt. Right. And going by whatever fucking name he wants to use, because obviously he can't use Bray Wyatt, but Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda shows up as the new leader of the Dark Order. Oh. Right. Honoring his friend Brody Lee and restoring the Dark Order. And you have the Dark Order versus House of Black. Fuck. Can you imagine like, it, you know, because I, I love John Silver and Alex Reynolds. I think they're really underrated. Agreed. I think I think if you take Silver and Reynolds or even Uno and Stu, uh, Stu Grayson yeah. and put them in there with Bray Wyatt against House of Black, the fuck it. My God. I mean, you saw if you've never seen Super Smash Brothers matches, right, which is what evil Uno and Stu Grayson were before AEW, yep. right, before yeah. Dark Order. And even the, the, the six man they just had, right? Those two together are fucking amazing. Add Bray Wyatt into that. I, God, fucking, you got a whole year of programming off of that. I mean, that that would be so fucking fun to watch. Yeah, and and oh. you would allow creativity to flow with those guys. So, I I was piggybacking off of your idea there, Mike. I wasn't trying to cut you off. I was trying to just, oh no, trying to pile on. No, that's good. I believe me. I've had so many. I love the House of Black so much, and it's just it's. I was disappointed when when Wyatt because it sounded like they're you know Tony Khan had some mm -hmm. some talks with Wyatt and I was just why he decided to go back I will never know maybe I don't know that was clearly his choice um, you know we can you know to the to we argue till we're blue in the face that it was the wrong choice you know but he made the choice regardless um, but I'm with you Jim I you know boy oh boy I hope this leads to like okay made a mistake I'm gonna right the wrong and it. He could still get a great payday if that's so what he wants with AEW mm -hmm. and whatnot. But man, like, I don't know 
what it's like to be, I, I don't really have an artistic bone in my body. Um, you know, but my wife is an artist and I can, you know, she has a background in fine arts and stifling creativity is one of the worst things that you can do to an artist. And I truly Absolutely. think that Bray sees himself as an artist. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and so how many times have we heard wrestlers say that this, it's almost like it's a performance piece. It's there's acting, there's this, there's so much to it other than just the wrestling. And I like you, Jim, I agree. I think he'd flourish there. And man, I would watch that till the cows come home. Uh, I like, as, oh my God, I didn't even think of bringing him in. Mm-hmm. It's like the dark order. Oh my God. Like what a, what a treat that would be. Mm-hmm. My only problem though, is that, and that's where I've just, it's, it, it, even with Brody, when he was still, when, you know, it's still around and leading him, there was still that weird comedy element. And I just, I wish that they would kind of drop it. You know, Absolutely. and it's, yeah. and it's, I like Alex Reynolds and John Silver, but the thing that kills me, they think they're funny and they're really not. Mm-hmm. And it's like, guys, you're a pretty damn good young tag team. Cut this shit out, you know, and which I'm kind of surprised again, being around evil Uno, Stu Grayson, this well-established tag team. Cause I concur with Jim, some of the stuff that they did in, um, PWG, I know they were super smash brothers. Um, oh my God, Chikara, they were good. They are very, very good in-ring workers and whatnot so i'm i'm kind of surprised the comedy still kind of keeps hanging around and it seems to be changing a little bit um you know with what they're doing now but either way i I feel like we're getting off topic but (laughs) i just it's it's disappointing with bray um and i hope i really hope they try and write the ship with him because i like all of us were was so excited when he came back and being like wow he's gonna and it's like who's really pulling the strings on this one so yeah it's a it's a it's a bit of a bummer Way to go, Tom. Way to bring us all down. Hey, that's what I do best. Are we, are we looking forward to WrestleMania? Do we, like, what do we think? Like, do we think it's going to be kind of average what it's been like? Do you think it's going to be above average? Do you think it's going to, you know, really come under, under, underwhelm, under that? I wanted to say under the radar. That's not, <laughs> but just it's or, underwhelming. Is it going to be underwhelming? Yeah. What, do, what do you guys think? I, I honestly, I'm struggling to think of, you know, I said earlier, I think the Usos versus Kevin and Sammy is going to be a good match. I I'm really struggling to think of another match on that card that I'm excited for. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be two nights of grinding for me. It's going to be two nights of just grinding it out. I, I, I fuck. I, I wish I knew what the card was ahead of time. The order of matches was ahead of time so that I could know when to start drinking. Um, cause I want to, <laughs> I want to be clear headed enough to watch Kevin yeah. and Sammy versus the Usos, but if you expect me to watch Brock Lesnar versus Omos without being drunk, you're fucking delusional. You're, that's, I think that violates right the you. Geneva conventions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's no fucking way you can watch that match sober. So I, 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 I I'm, I'm expecting to be underwhelmed, which I guess would mean I'm not going to be underwhelmed because I'm expecting to be underwhelmed, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be good. I don't think it's going to be uh, a great weekend at all. I'm going to watch. I just don't think it's going to be very good. Yeah, fair enough. Tom, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, I think I think there will be some surprises here and there, which are always fun. It's WrestleMania weekend. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I'm also struggling to really get behind some of the card. I mean, we've got Cena versus Theory. No, thanks. Uh, we've got Dom versus Ray, which is hilarious, but it's it's not going to pay off. It's just... It's it's again the story is better than the match. 
Um, I think the whole prison dom thing, I think, well, what do you always say, uh, Jim? Uh, the whole chicken salad shit thing. Oh, turning chicken shit into chicken salad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Dom was given crap and he kind of made it gold because I think he plays he plays his part very well. But it's just not like something I'm like, guys, are you <laughs> Mysterio versus Mysterio? It's going to be amazing. And like, they really, I'm sorry. And they must have not gotten permission from uh, the Guerrero family, but they really missed the boat on him. (laughs) Him not walking around claiming that he's Eddie's son, which would have been amazing. That would have been so good. Um, And then, yeah, everything else. I mean, maybe Rhea versus Charlotte, but we've seen it a million times. I think that'll be, that'll be good. Uh, Bianca, Bianca Belair versus Asuka, I think is going to be all right. Uh, but yeah, I think the only thing worth worth watching is going to be Owens and, and Zayn. And a side note real quick, I really hope, and I don't think it's going to happen, I really want Sami Zayn to come out wearing the Generico mask. That's just <laughs> like, like a Ring of Honor guy in me, you know? Just like, how amazing would it be if he just came out and the ole ole chants were just going wild? Like, that'd be so good, but I don't think there, it's going to happen. There's but, no way they would let that yeah, happen. There, there's no he, he did that on his own. It's not W. I mean, it, it, I guarantee if he did come out, you would not hear the end of that fucking mask or Ole. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, there's a reason why he hasn't acknowledged it. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think to sum it up, I'm with you guys. There's absolutely really nothing other than the I would say the Usos, Kevin Owens, uh, Sami Zayn match. I, I I'll I'll say it. I'm looking forward to the the Roman Cody, just to see how it turns out. You know, I, I, I am a little intrigued just to see where it's going to go, but most of me. Yeah. Click Click me. Me. Something I am looking forward to, uh, is there's been some cool stuff with new Japan. I don't know if you've all been, there's, yeah, well, there's been, some, there's, there's been some, there's been some, there's been some cool stuff. There's been some unfortunate stuff and there's been some head scratching stuff. Uh, which we'll, we'll kind of get into here, but um, we'll start with the good stuff and uh, cover the New Japan Cup. Um, really actually was quite surprised that Sonata won. I didn't I didn't think uh, he was, uh, they were going to give it to him. Um, I, you know, obviously if for anybody that isn't aware, when you win the New Japan Cup, you basically, no, not basically, you do get a title shot, which will essentially mean it's gonna, we're going to get Sonata and Okada, which I believe they've gone before, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and they've got pretty, it's hard not to, but yeah. something I'm really looking forward to, um, because I believe Sonata was in the, wasn't he in, it was the, I, and boy, oh boy, Tom, I'm with you on this one. Cause I always fuck it up. <laughs> now, the, what if I could say it flawlessly? That would be hilarious. <laughs> the, yeah. But the, the, the Japanese L-I-J. version of, uh, Los got Jim. Gobernables. Yes. And so Los Gobernables de Japón. Ah, it's one of my favorite you get one of my favorite factions i love those guys so much oh they are great but i get well so like sonata's done with it so it sounds like he's really getting into some serious singles competition so overall thoughts on the cup guys it it sounded like we were all pretty happy in our text thread that sonata won but you know where where do you think this goes like it it sounds like you know they're finally starting to kind of give some of their younger talent you know uh, a little bit of a showcase so jim what do you what do you think I loved it. I was happy for Sonata. Um, I've been a Sonata fan. I mean, we, we, we talked several weeks ago about, you know, great Muda's retirement and, you know, Sonata is the last great Muda 
kind of protege, right? Um, I, I first noticed Sonata when he was in uh, TNA uh, and and thought the kid had a lot of talent. And I've, like I said, I'm a, I'm a big uh, LIJ fan. So I've been watching him with LIJ uh, under the tutelage of Naito um, when he broke away from LIJ very publicly and, you know, decided to go with the just five guys. I was like, oh, this better fucking pay off uh, because he was he was such a good fit with Los Ingobernables. So I, I was hoping something good would come out of this and him winning the the cup. I think it's going to be fantastic. I think him versus Okada is going to end up being a great match. I got to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised to see Sonata win it. I would not at all be surprised to see Sonata win the title. Uh, I, I, I think he's earned it um obviously okada will get it again um but i i think sonata versus okada is going to be a great match and i personally i predict Sonata's going to go over i think he's going to be the next champ all right good choice tom what do you think oh totally agree i, I love sonata he uh it, that was like a long time coming honestly like he and i hate to use the word i hate to use the word grooming because it's just gross but like uh, new japan has clearly been like prepping him for a long time almost to a point where it's like are you guys gonna pull the trigger or not um because he i think he's just a phenomenal star he should have had this opportunity years ago in my opinion um yeah i'm i'm, I'm glad he he broke away from uh naito um and kind of they gave him his own thing. I don't like the name. I think the name's kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> I mean, was it just five guys, right? Yeah, like, it was just four guys. And now Sonata joins. So it was just five guys. It was five guys. <laughs> like, guys, do you great burgers. Like food chain in America. Like, <laughs> um, no, I, I think I think I think you're right, Jim. I think you're you're absolutely right. I think he's going to go over Okada and, and kudos for Okada to to let him do that. Um, yeah, phenomenal. I mean, I love the New Japan Cup. I it, they're you're guaranteed phenomenal matches. You're guaranteed some comedy matches. You're guaranteed just uh, some really rough matches. I, I love I love it all. I think New Japan the New Japan Cup is like one of my favorite things to watch. So yeah. 100% behind Sonata. No, oh, yeah, that's really cool. Um, no, I am too. I, I actually, Jim, I forgot that he was in TNA. Um, mm-hmm. I, they're, like, there's been this. Um, I don't know if you've ever gone down that, that rabbit hole, but... Um, of who was in TNA? Well, like who? Well, no, New Japan guys that were in TNA. And, that was great. Uh, Okada was there. Okada was, yeah. Oh, and, like they they soured the relationship for a while because TNA treated Okada like shit. Oh yes, yeah. they did. That, it, that's it, that's it, how uh, the Young Bucks basically got to New Japan was because of Okada. So we all know um, Will Osprey was in the was in the cup uh, and ended up getting hurt. And I I, I truly think they were going to put him up against Okada. And I think they were finally going to give Will the title because he did have it, remember, but he had to get rid of it because he's he got injured, uh, which will lead me here just a little um, foreshadowing if you're picking up on about, uh, you know, what I'm talking about with Will Ospreay. Um, but um, I could eventually see maybe a Will Ospreay and Sonata. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, but really, um, I, I'm starting to have some doubts about Will Ospreay, um, not about his ability, not about his ingering probably that man has gotten hurt a lot in the past couple of years. Granted, his style um hasn't, you know, is it could be seen as 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 harm inducing, I guess. Um, yeah. you know, and he doesn't seem to be concerned with slowing that down. Um, but he boy, oh boy, I hate I'm gonna knock on wood here because I, I don't want to say Will seems to be injury prone, but he seems to be racking up some pretty serious injuries lately. And I'm a little worried that like 
we might start seeing either a very different Will Ospreay or potentially the last of Will Ospreay. Because how many times now has New Japan gotten behind him? And, unfor- and it's unfortunate. I'm not saying it's things happen. Obviously, this business is, you know, what do they say? It's it's not ballet. So, of course, like the, you know, it, risk for injury gets higher. Um, but, uh, no, I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about that. And really, what do you think? Like, do you, is this just a weird injury that he got? Or is it, you know, are we... I don't know. Are we ever really going to see the Will Osprey that we really want to? Um, because I just, again, I, I thought that this was going to, what a, what a great moment. He wins the cup, goes to Okada, gets his belt back. Cause he's like, I think he's always said, I never lost it. And that's always a good storyline. You know, I never lost it. Like, how can you, mm-hmm. how can you say you're the best if you've never even beat me? You know? And I just, I don't know, man, I, I'm just having some doubts about him. And again, not his in-ring ability, his, his promo, all that is solid. It's just, I'm boy, oh boy, his injuries just seem to be racking up lately. So I, what do you guys think? I think, uh, I think the big difference is the fact that he's in new Japan versus if he was with any other company. Cause I think, I think you're absolutely right, Mike. I think he is very unfortunately injury prone. Uh, as we've seen in the past, he's taken some pretty nasty bumps for sure. Um, but I think New Japan, I think one of New Japan's strengths is that they trust their talents to make the right decisions. Whereas if he was, if he was in WWE, you're absolutely right. I think he would have been shelved months ago, years ago, if not. Um, so dude, I, Will Ospreay is a a different kind of animal, man. That guy Mm -hmm. is not only pound for pound, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, but He's just got such a good mind for the business that I think that New Japan would be foolish to to scrap it. Now, if it was like any if it was another neck injury, then, yeah, I think I think we would see some pretty serious discussions of of New Japan being like, hey, dude, you you might want to tone it down a little bit. But again, I think that's why Will has always stayed with New Japan was because that they'll let him do what he wants, how he wants to do it, and they won't hold him back. Um, So, yeah, I mean. That's tough, man. It's tough to say. I, I always want to see wrestlers stay healthy, um, but I, I think he will. I just think it was kind of a uh, it, it wasn't a torn tricep or a shoulder injury. Shoulder. I thought it was shoulder. Yeah, I think it's a shoulder. Again, that's I mean, you're right, Mike. This isn't ballet, but those are common injuries to have. I mean, look at CM Punk. Would would you have that same? Would you have that same attitude with CM Punk because the dude broke his foot and then immediately came back and uh, you know blew his triceps? to pieces. And then would you be like, well, I think it's time for him to hang up or would you want him to go? And I think your answer is you'd want to see him go because he still can, as long as he still can and they can do it healthy. I think by all means go for it. Yeah, no. And I, and, and, and definitely want to hear what you have to say, Jim. Um, I think it's just, I don't (laughs) (laughs) No, And, and you know, Tom, no, you bring up a really good point um, because I could have said the same thing about CM Punk. I just think the severity and the close proximity and, and mm-hmm. I, to me, punks, it was a fluke. Um, you know, it, whatever. I, I think any injury is a fluke, right? I guess. So, you know, we could say that, but it's just, it just seems like the amount of injuries, maybe a little bit in the severity. It just, it seems to will just seeps, keeps to seep. Jesus keeps <laughs> to see seems seems to keep heading. Say thank you. I got there. Los Seems- ingobernables. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> El hijo del you know, like yeah. Good lord. No, I just it just seems it's 
And, and, and you know what? Maybe I can go back on my original statement. Maybe his style is just a little bit too much, you know, where it, it's I, I don't know, man. And it, you made a good point. You kind of caught me in a, hey. in, a, in, a in a conundrum. You did. I every you know? once in a while. Well, but, I mean, okay, I'm going to have to vehemently disagree uh, with oh, the idea yeah. of Tom making a good point. Um, <laughs> but no, Jim, yeah, well, point. anyways, uh, this is three sweetie, bro. Uh, <laughs> uh, wrap it up, guys. No, hey, no, Jim, you know, help us set us straight. What do you think? I know you're well, a big yeah. Will Osprey guy, and it's yeah. just, and it's, it's unfortunate that he got injured. It's just, I something just feels weird about all this, and I just, I just, it's a bummer. He seems to keep getting hurt right before big marquee matches. So. Well, I, I think the the key is moving forward. He has to slow down his schedule and he has to keep developing his style right now. If you've been watching Will Ospreay for a while, you can see his style has evolved, oh, right? He, he went from the, the junior heavyweight, nothing but flippy floppy. Right. And now like the first time he busted out that hidden blade, reverse elbow i was like holy fuck that's an incredibly impact that's not a flippy floppy move that's a jesus tits i'm just gonna fucking murder you move (laughs) i I think if you noticed his style has evolved to get away from more of the high risk he can still do the high risk uh but i think if he slows down his schedule he wrestles less frequently throughout the year and he continues to evolve his style more and he busts out the big stuff for on the big stages. I think he could have a much longer career. Uh, I, I think he's a long way from being done. Uh, Cause you know, it, as Tom said, a shoulder injury is not uncommon. Um, I mean, fuck's sake, man. I hurt my shoulder getting out of bed. You know, I, it's, not, it's, it's, it's not like it's some, you know, like fluke, you know, it's not like he has a heart valve that's gone bad or something, you know? So I think, I think, I think he'll be okay. He's just, he's got to grow and he's got plenty of opportunity to do that. He's got an amazing ring IQ. He's got an amazing mind for the business. I think he's going to be able to continue to develop and, and we'll still see the shades of the old Will Ospreay, but I think we're going to continue to see an ever evolving and ever different Will Ospreay moving forward. And I think that's even more exciting. I think that's even more exciting to know that a guy who can still do those crazy ass moves, but can also hit an amazing, you know, running power bomb, right. Or who can also hit, you know, some, some amazing high contact, high impact moves, uh, some striking in there. Maybe even, can you imagine Will Ospreay with a submission repertoire? I mean, that would be just fucking complete package there. You know, I, I, I'd like to see that moving forward in his career. And I think it's going to give him a lot of longevity and a lot more appeal as well, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, well said, Jim. No, and that's, I guess it's just, it's, it's, I think I just let the, his injuries just kind of overtake, you know, and, and not thinking about what you just said really is that he's smart enough. Like you said, I mean, he clearly evolved from his junior heavyweight days to his heavyweight days. So I hope that's the case. Cause man, I've seen, I think all three of us have seen Will Ospreay live at least several occasions and he's amazing he is someone you absolutely have to see live and it would be a real shame um if if he doesn't evolve from this and maybe kind of slow down a little bit at least his schedule you know and and maybe save some of the bigger crazier stuff for the the wrestle kingdoms the um oh my god uh the new japan cup the um what's the other one that they do maybe maybe i'm thinking i'm confusing that one with the cup but either way it's yeah, I just I hope to see more of Will Osprey as I think we all do. So. I, I did. I just remember there was one other point I wanted to add, and that was Bruv. 
Um, I yeah, needed I to say bruv many more times during this segment. If you're going to talk about Will Ospreay, bruv, you yeah. got to say bruv as many bruv times as bruv possible. <laughs> it's that is very true because that man, it's it, bruv, bro. It's, it's like every, it's like the to him. You want to test but, me, bruv? I think oh, I, uh, I think we need to rename the podcast Three Sweet Me, bruv. <laughs> That'd be pretty I fun. really think we need to re- rethink our title, guys. Well, speaking of bruvs um, <laughs> and good brothers, uh, we have a new leader of the Bullet Club. Um, do we? To, yeah. To, yeah, right. To um, kind of come back to the full circle, we we covered the happy, we covered the sad, covered the sad. Now we're getting just trying to unpack some confusion. David Finley is now the leader of the Bullet Club. I. I honestly had no idea he was, so I'm I'm gonna lean on you two uh for most of this, but I'm with you and went, um what? <laughs> so Tom, I think you're a little bit more on the up and up on this. So uh give us a little background on this. Uh real quick though, it, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Phyllis, but uh is David Finley not giving off crazy Rob Zombie vibes? Of like the <laughs> early nineties. He did a he did one of the press conferences for the New Japan Cup, and I was like, holy shit, it's Rob Zombie from White Zombie. <laughs> yeah. It was so fun. I couldn't I couldn't stop laughing. Um yeah, so David Finley David Finley and uh, Jay White have had like one of the coolest feuds in New Japan, I think. Because Finley came in as like what, the bullet club killers or something like that? Yeah. yeah. And so Finley and Jay White have had a pretty awesome feud. Um, but all of a sudden, it, again, it, it, I, I feel like we're headed into like bad NWO territory of like, <laughs> oh, this doesn't make any sense, but you're going to pursue it anyways. So at the last event where Jay White was at giving his farewell, it's kind of in tradition that the Bullet Club comes out and attacks the old leader and replaces the new leader. But that wasn't the case. David Finley just showed up and filleted or filleted. <laughs> he he laid him, laid Jay White, and then kind of assumes the mantle of Bullet Club. But it, again, it's bad storytelling because you were like, wait, weren't these guys just at odds with each other? Mm-hmm. Like this doesn't make any sense. And it's he he hasn't really. No one's come out and said that he's the new leader. He's uh, he's the part of the Rebel Club, and he has is it Gato? Isn't it Gato? Boy, I really need to brush up on my names here. So anyway, yeah, but he it just kind of weirdly just happened, and all of a sudden it's like, wait, where's where's the Bullet Club? And I remember texting you guys. I'm like, I think we're kind of seeing the end of the Bullet Club because mm-hmm. I don't know anybody that's excited about David Finley. I like David Finley. I think he's a great wrestler. He is one of those dudes, though, that we've all said, you need some work, man. You need some work. And if you do it and you can get it, you'll be amazing. And he'll do it in New Japan. I think he's he's destined to do it in New Japan. He's got to do it in New Japan. He's got to, like, re-kind of brand himself and re-craft his craft. And it's just very, very, very confusing. Like, nobody knows what's going on. And then you have Kenta, who's also kind of like, well... I should be the the Bullet Club leader. It's just very, very confusing. It reminds me so much of NWO when NWO was like on its way out. And it's really disappointing because the Bullet Club was one of the coolest factions I've seen in the last like decade. Finley has a lot of work left to do. Like you said, Um, he's got a long way to go. I mean, his, 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 
heritage, his name recognition is high, but he hasn't proven himself yet. And and I think your comparison to the, the waning days of the NWO is very apt. Uh because nobody gives a shit about David Fidley. Like, you know, Jay, Jay White, when Jay White took over Bullet Club, it was exciting because Jay White was already a main eventer, right? He was already established. Yeah. When AJ Styles took over Bullet Club, he was fucking AJ Styles, right? None yeah. of the previous leaders of Bullet Club needed Bullet Club to elevate them. They elevated the club. And Finley is absolutely, he needs the club to elevate him. Uh, and I think that's why it's a terrible fit. I, I think, you know, I thought Finn Juice is a great fucking tag team. Never going to yeah. see that again. Yeah. That's over. Um, I just, I, I don't, I don't see why this was going to be a good move moving forward. I think well, they need Juice- to turn this train around quickly oh, or yeah. you're going to see the end of it. It sure seems that well, 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 isn't Juice in the Bullet Club too? Yeah, he is in Bullet Club. He sure is. <laughs> but he's in he's in AEW. Yeah, I love Juice Robinson. I'm sorry. Any, yeah, any I chance too, I can yeah. get no, to plug that guy? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, and it, it does. It feels, to me, honestly, I think the Bullet Club should have hung it up a long time ago. Uh, not like you know, five, six years ago. Because uh, I think they were still doing stuff, but at least a couple years ago. I It, it just felt like, okay, we're starting to rehash. And uh, yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I haven't really been following much of it. I just, Dom, the first I heard of it was when you were like, so I guess David Finley. I was like, what? And I was like, oh, okay. It kind of <laughs> makes sense since Jay White's on his way out. But yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's, I think he needs a little bit more time and it, it'll it be really interesting to see where they go with this. Boy, something that just does not seem to want to go away. Uh, Mr. CM Punk is back in the news. Um, I don't know if you guys have been following this. Um, but man, he's been acting very odd and strange and posting really weird. I don't even know what the hell that was on his Instagram and then he, or Twitter or Instagram, and then he deleted Instagram. it. Yeah. But rumors are not rumors, um, is that, uh, I guess the, the word on the street is punk is all but healed, um, and starting to open negotiations, um, with back with AEW. Um, it's also come out that he has either thought about or has tried to apologize um, or, or at least open again, communications with Omega and the bucks. Um, Omega's brought it up recently. Um, I don't know about the bucks, um, but it'll be interesting to see because on Wednesday, there's the new AEW behind the scenes thing. Dollars to donuts. They're going to bring up the all out fight. I I have to, and it just does it. So What's going on here? Um, is it, what do you guys think? Do you think we're going to see? And also, um, hopefully this will make sense and, and see if we can fit this in here. But FTR is also kind of involved in this as well because um, they have gone to bat for punk numerous times. Um, I actually think um, Dax a couple of weeks ago, I, I might be uh, uh, unaware of the timeline here, but um, brought up was talking about how close him and punk are. And on his podcast, I think uh, Dex Harwood's podcast brought it up. So he's been in the news quite a bit. And there has been this kind of hot take that FTR is going to disappear and then potentially reappear with punk. Um, so just, I, I think not to, we've beaten this to death. I don't think there's too much. We don't need to go into it, but what do you guys think about some of this stuff that's been happening with, Mr. Punk, Mr. Brooks, uh, and what's going on? Like, do you think we're going to see him soon? 
Do you think that this may have been a war? I, I don't know. It, it's just it, it's this story that just will not fucking die. Um, you know, but what, what do you what what are your guys' takes on all this? You know, punk talking. You know, uh, you're bringing up some some dirt on Moxley, uh, taking a shot across the bow on Jericho. Like, I don't know. There's some interesting shit going on here. So, just what do you guys think? Oh, uh, boy, <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Jim and I are both uh, trying to figure out what to say. Um, you know, honestly, I think the company is in such a good place right now that like. I kind of just don't care anymore, if that makes any sense. I, I, I'm i excited. I hope. Uh, I, I would love the idea of CM Punk and FTR, of course. I would. I definitely would love to see uh, them versus the Elite. I think when it comes down to brass tacks, the fight happened. Uh, a lot of guys were very upset, and they don't know what to do with it. And so they're just kind of letting it play itself out weirdly enough. Um and I, I just uh, honestly, at this point, I, I hope Punk comes back. But if he doesn't, I really don't care because, like, I'm so invested in the AEW product now that it, whether he comes back or not, won't make me like change my view on AEW. If that makes sense, um, and, and, and you know, I do hope they, I, I do hope they work it out because we've said in the past, I think if they are adults about this uh they could make this one of the greatest stories ever but now it's just kind of floundering to me if you got punk who's trolling social media uh, he's taking shots at jericho you don't really know what's real and what's not and like to me one of the funnest parts about wrestling is to be in on the secret but to not be on the secret this is just too secretive because I do think there's a lot of legality issues to it where it's just kind of like, I, I don't care anymore. I, I want to see where Malachi Black's going. I want to see, you know, where MJF's going. I want to see where Ricky Stark's going. Everything's in the past now. You guys waited far too long for this to, to flesh itself out. Eh, I'm just kind of over it. So that's that's how I feel about it. Real quick, Jim, do you think, because you said something, Tom, um, and this just made me think of something, with Kenny Omega seemingly going back to singles competition, mm -hmm. do you think we could see a Punk, if he does come back, and a, a Punk Omega build, which I'm not going to lie, I, I, I'd be in on. I, it's two of my favorites oh, as of yeah, right now. Oh, so, amazing. But again, I just maybe they've missed the boat and whatnot. But Jim, I, I, I want to hear what you have to say as well. Yeah, I, I think we will see Punk again in AEW. I, I, I really do. And I hope we do, to be perfectly frank. I, I hope we do. I, I think the guy still has uh, a lot in the tank that he can offer. Um, I think you put him in the right environment in that locker room, and he could be a really good mentor to a lot of the talent there. Um, I, I think if he comes in in that role and, and I think if punk comes back to AEW and starts and he finds, <laughs> I, I, this is going to sound like a bad eighties movie, right? But if he <laughs> finds like, you know, some, some punk kid, some young kid who, you know, warms his heart and he takes a shine into, and, you know, he learns to love again because of this whippersnapper of a kid. I think if he finds a younger talent to, to kind of connect with, and take on a mentorship role. I think that might keep him out of some of his otherwise troubling interactions in, in the locker room. I think, I think that his Instagram 
post delete, post delete, post delete. I think it's just brilliant trolling. Uh, and it's very much in his comedy style that he's kind of seen on, you've seen from him on, on social media for, for a while now. Um, so I think he will be back. I think he's making it harder for himself to be, um, kind of welcomed back, but, he said something very telling in one of the posts that he deleted. He said, you know, he was relaying the the whole John Moxley thing and, you know, that that squash match that he had. And, you know, he said, you know, well, if this is what the boss wants, you know, he says, if this is Tony, he went to Tony and he said, Tony, is this what you want? Tony said, yes. I, I think that tells you a lot about CM Punk's thinking is if Tony wants him there, he'll be there. Um, you know, if the boss wants it, he'll be there and it might not be fun for him in the back. He might not make a lot of friends. He might not keep a lot of friends, but I'd like to think that he can be a good, maybe influence is the bad word there, wrong word there, but he could be a good kind of uh, role model for some of the, the younger talent. Um, uh, and I'd love to see him take on that role. So yeah, I think we'll see punk again in an AEW ring. And I sincerely hope we do. And I hope it's sooner rather than later. I'd love to see punk and FTR get together. Personally. I don't think punk versus Omega is where they'd go. I think it would be punk and FTR versus the young bucks and hangman. Um, they're already put, they're already oh, yeah. working this, you know, young, they're already working this. Was it the hung bucks? They're already working. You know, they're going to come back together. Cool. I, I would love to see the hung bucks versus FTR punk. I think that'd be fucking phenomenal. I think that would do a lot of good business. So yeah, I, we'll see him back. Uh, hopefully we'll see him soon and hopefully we'll see him in that six man. Yeah, boy, I, I hope so, too, because, man, it's, yeah, every once in a while, I'll go down a, a rabbit hole of his old stuff, and it's just like, man, I it big fan, and I miss him. You know, I, I really do. I hope he comes back, and, you know, it, even if it is a limited role, he's got so much knowledge, like you, Jim. I think you find him the right person and pair him up with it. I could I could even see him honestly mentoring MJF, um, because I think MJF has stolen a lot of his heel work from from Punk. Um, you know, a lot, or I, I don't want to say stolen. That's allegedly, but a lot of influence from. You can definitely tell. So, I, I just, I just want him back. I just, you know, I just, I, I just wish we could do bygones be bygones and 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 just get him back. But yeah, it, time will tell. But um, that would be cool. I think an FTR and, and you know Hangman and, and and the Bucks and you know as a as maybe a him coming back in or something. Like, I, I don't know, but I agree. I think it would be fun. Wait, 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 wait. Something that is not fun um, is Jim's favorite person in the world. Uh, we're no. not talking about Jeff Jarrett here. Uh, <sighs> we're talking about Mr. Jim Cornette. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Mr. Cornette had some under. Uh, I, I I I don't know actually what he said, but yeah. I can only presume it was full of shit. Uh, Jim, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in, enlighten us. What did uh, what did what did Corny do now? Well, it's been said many times, many ways. But fuck Jim Cornette. <laughs> today uh jim Cornette, who i have referred to before as one of those old voices that needs to just shut the fuck up yeah you did a lot for the business but that was before now all you're doing is hurting it so shut the fuck up and go away uh jim Cornette is one of those people who uh i i i i put him in a class that i always saw my dad as where my dad wasn't liberal but he hated republicans Right. So whenever there was a political fight, he was always bad mouthing Republicans just because he hated their hypocrisy. Right. My dad was by no means a liberal man, but he fucking hated Republicans. And that's what it came down to. And I think Jim Cornette is the same way. I don't know if Jim Cornette is liberal so much as he just fucking hates Republicans. Now, 
this is all backstory. This is all backstory to what happened. So about, let's say two weeks prior to this recording, former AEW women's world champion, Riho, uh, deactivated her Twitter account. Uh, she had very recently returned to AEW television and had received a lot of backlash. There was a lot of negative attacks on her on Twitter. A lot of people saying horrible things about her on Twitter uh, because that's apparently what Twitter is. It's so just really quick. Like what? Yeah. Like not to you don't have to get it. But like like uh, was it racist? Was it because yes. she's a woman? Racist, yeah. sexist, bodyist, able, you know, all you of it. Gross. Right. All of the yeah. above. Got the it. worst of the worst come out on Twitter and they were attacking her. And, and I think in a very smart move, Riho deactivated her Twitter. Yeah. And of course, yeah. And of course, rather than either a saying good for you, Riho, don't, don't get in the, the filth. Don't play in the mud with the pig or B not saying anything at all. James E. Fuck yourself. Cornette decided to get on his podcast and instead denigrate yeah. Riho and say she is not a strong enough personality to be a professional athlete. If you can't stand criticism, maybe you shouldn't be a professional athlete. Now it gets worse. Oh, he God. then Wait. he then went on to invoke the memory of Hana Kimura and say, mm. see, these Japanese fans and these no. Japanese wrestlers get bent out of shape and it gets out of hand. And then you have them killing themselves like this Hana, whatever her name is. Right. So not only oh, does Jim. Shit. Yeah. Not only oh, does Jim Cornette completely miss the fucking point. Right. But then he has to try and bring in Hana Kimura's memory to this. And so fuck Jim Cornette from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I know I'm nobody to Jim Cornette. I know that, you know, Jim Cornette's response to people who criticize them is, you know, well, what have you ever done? What have you ever drawn? I've done more for the human race than you could ever fucking dream of, Jim Cornette. <laughs> and that's because I took a morning shit because you have done nothing <laughs> in the great balance of this <laughs> fucking universe. You piece of dog shit. And yes, Jim Cornette, I mean, you as a human being, hang it the fuck up you are the worst parts of bill o'reilly and sean hannity put into a blender with a whole pile of cow pie and then strained out through a chinois and turned into a nice glazed reduction put on a donut that's what you are your shit glaze on a donut you piece of fucking trash you you add nothing wow. of value to the conversation anymore Mental health is a serious fucking crisis, not just in this country, but around the goddamn globe. Yeah. Internet trolling and bullying is a global fucking crisis. It still breaks my heart to think that somebody as young and talented and vibrant as Hana could 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 fall victim to this shit. Ugh. And you're going to invoke that memory to say that Riho should be tougher. No, you dumb cunt maybe people should just not be assholes are you the guy who goes to the fucking goes to court and is like well that bitch had it coming you <laughs> fucking idiot you fucking idiot i just i just oh i'm so sick wow. of his toxic ass hot takes and this one just put me right yeah. over the fucking edge and you know we've we've talked about the importance of mental health before 
all three of us are big mental health advocates. All three of us are, you know, on our own journeys. I just, it is really fucking bothered me to no end that Jim wow. Cornette had to have the worst possible fucking take, record it and Jeez. send it out to Christ. the fucking universe. That's terrible. That sucks. Uh, the audacity, man, the audacity of that shit bag to do that is insane. And, and yeah. part of the reason I think he's doing it is to, to get those those clicks to get people to, to mm-hmm. listen. Oh, and, and how many times have, have people posted about a match that Jim Cornette, I can't wait to hear what Jim Cornette has to say about this. He's a fucking relic. He's a dinosaur. Yeah. Okay, dude, you, you did wonders in smoky mountain territory. Good for fucking you. We get it. You, you think tag team wrestling is the greatest wrestling of all time. And as a historian, as a historian, wrestler, wrestling fan, I won't I won't deny the guy's knowledge for it. He he knows a lot. However, the business moves on, the business changes, and you have to change and evolve with that. You can't just sit here on on your on your fucking golden throne and just be like, boy, oh boy, I wish it was like the 70s. Because we're never you he has that probably philosophy about life in general. We're never gonna get anywhere with that thought process. Jim Cornette to me has always been he reminds me of like a stand-up comedian in the 70s. He says all this shocking shit and everyone's like, whoa, that guy's great. But he's like, you know what? I'm just going to keep this shtick rolling. And then when when it comes around to current times, everyone's like, that's not funny anymore, man. It's just, it's just lost its fucking luster. And then he has the audacity to look at himself in the mirror and go, you know what? I'm not the problem. You're the problem. No, fuck you, Jim Cornette. You're the problem. He's been a problem since day one when the Young Bucks have tried to do to quote unquote revolutionize the business. And he's done nothing but sandbag those dudes and anybody else who's trying to be creative. Uh, The guy drives around and eats cheeseburgers and has a towel to wipe himself up. Do I really need to say any more about him? No, move the fuck on Jim Cornette. Either, either shut up or move aside because your time's up. And, and to, to, I'm flabbergasted to to bring up somebody who was bullied to the point that they killed themselves and you go, they can't hang like they can't they can't tough it out. What the fuck, man? Dude, what? That's just insane. That That is strictly just insane. And you're doing you're doing stuff to get likes, man. Fuck him. I'm done talking about him. Yeah, no, sorry. And I, I'm the same way. And, you know, it's funny. I was looking up. You know, Smoky Mountain Wrestling is, it's what I thought, four years. You did four years, maybe three and a change. You didn't revolutionize the fucking business. Probably the biggest thing that you did maybe was the whole gangsters thing. Is you you put the gangsters on the map and kind of changed, you know, but even that had tones of racism in it that we, we don't have to get into, you know, but three years and some change. Okay, good. Whoopty fucking do. Did you really, what did you really do other than the fact that you're a mouthpiece and you seem to have a really good knowledge of the business? I'll give you that. The guy does. He's like a walking encyclopedia. I'll give him that, but he's a fucking piece of shit. And like, again, I, I don't think we need to get into it too much, but you know, again, someone who is a mental health sufferer and who has had really, really scary episodes um, to invoke that and to get ratings and to get draws like shame on you. And, I, you know, mm-hmm. hey, you hear it first in the podcast. I'm done with that motherfucker, too, because I, I'm mm-hmm. it, that's insane. The fact that you you would invoke someone's memory and then call somebody else basically a coward um, for standing up for themselves. Like, go fuck yourself. Dude. I'm so done with him. And like, 
uh, and it's just sad and it's sad and it breaks my heart that there's still people in the wrestling community, you know, fans, us, whatever, that believe what he says, are adamant supporters and all. It's just, it's sad. It's so fucking disgusting. And it's just, ah, Tom, like you, I'm done. I'm done talking about the guy. So I think we've all summed it up that he's a piece of shit. <laughs> All right, so gentlemen, we're on to our next segment, match of the week. Um, if you were sleeping under a rock, um, I don't know. I, I don't know what euphemism I could use, but I, 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 I am honestly, I, this might be a first. I think for us, I know we've had some some close some close ones, but this is a unanimous match of the week from us. I definitely want to hear yes. what all of you have to say. I didn't get to see it live. Uh-huh. Uh, I <laughs> unfortunately so but i saw i saw a two minute highlight that made i i i it gave me a boner i had a heart attack almost <laughs> passed out like all in one two minutes um and of course mm-hmm. we're talking about kenny omega versus el hijo del vikingo uh the son of the viking and holy shit i i i can't implore you to go watch this match um and this is a match why I love professional wrestling, why I love this so much, because that a lot of people were bitching that there wasn't a story build up, and I can get that, but what? they were they were well, they were leaning pretty heavily on the fact <laughs> that you had to remember that when Kenny Omega, because they brought it up uh during the match several times that he was the belt collector, he was supposed to fight, uh, they were supposed to do the the triple triple A mega championship. It was supposed to be Kenny and uh the son of the Viking. And he got, he was really, really hurt. So they pulled it. They brought that up a lot. So a lot of people were like, eh, you, you, you kind of, it's like, it's like the Zack Snyder DC universe. It's almost like you had to kind of know shit before going into it, which I could see kind of, it does. It affects a little bit of the buildup because it's like, who the fuck is this guy? Cause a lot of people <laughs> didn't know who he was and boy, oh boy, do they know now. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, holy shit. I, I just, I can't implore you to watch this match strictly from, it was a spot fest. Um, I've never seen some of these things done before. Um, I don't know how he did them. Uh, uh, of course, I'm talking about the son of the Viking, not Kenny Omega. Um, but the <laughs> sheer timing of these two gentlemen to pull these moves off, the trust Kenny Omega put in him to do this. El Hijo del Vikingo is 25 years old. So what could be considered a, a young gun, an up and coming you know, but the fact that he is, you know, he's a second generation wrestler, very steeped in Lucha Libre, might have had something to do with it. But watch just the, again, why I love this. And it was heart racing. It was exciting. It was how in the hell did they work this out? Like I, you can look when Kenny, when he does the reverse Dragon Rana, or I don't even know what they're calling it at this point, but like, you can see Kenny look up and he's like, I got to catch him. And like the timing is just unfucking believable in this match. And I, you can, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Seriously. I call me a nerd, call me a dork, whatever. But that was one of the most exciting things. And I think I texted either both of you or, or Tom, like this got me giddy again. Like it, knowing he's going to be around, this got me like, Oh my God, thinking about him and Ray Phoenix um, him and Will Ospreay, I think we no, brought it up. God. Him and Kenny Omega longer. 
him and Daniel Bryant. I, the possibilities are endless. Um, my one, uh, and I, I'm interested to see um, if you guys had any takeaways or maybe criticisms of the match. My only criticism is, is, is just that is, um, Elijo De Vikingo is just slightly limited. Um, maybe it was, and, and, and the only reason I, 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 I hesitate to say that is because this was a, we need to know, we need to make sure everybody knows who this guy is. So of course they're going to pull out everything. And of course, Kenny's going to do, he's going to do his Kenny stuff. So maybe, um, you know, maybe I just, it just wasn't right for the match, but his striking was really limited. Um, and I could see that being a big hindrance to him, especially going up against even Ray Phoenix can strike really well. There was not a lot of back and forth with this and that again, it could have been the match. It could have been just that maybe he is limited. So that's my only takeaway with an asterisk, but guys, I really want to hear what you have to say about this other than what we've already talked about. So uh, Jim would please, I want you to go. (laughs) Yeah. This is one of those matches where if you're a wrestling fan, and you want people in your world and there are people in your world who are like, well, why the fuck do you watch that? You know, show them this, yep. <laughs> show them this. Yep. You don't have to know a goddamn thing about professional wrestling <laughs> to watch this match and go, oh, my God, how do human beings do that? And I know that because I showed my eight year old daughter this match and was like, honey, you have to. This is insane because my year old daughter, she's really into gymnastics. She's really into tumbling, all that kind of oh stuff. My God. And she's just mind blown. Right. Watching this. It, it <laughs> really awesome. it's, it's it defies the laws of physics. What El Hijo del Vikingo is able to do. And yes, I said the full name just because I wanted it to be very clear how easy it is for me to say that name uh, before Tom gets a chance to say it. <laughs> if I had one criticism of the match, and I think I said it to you guys, and it's not even a criticism so much as just something to point out is it, it, this wasn't a storytelling match, you know, and, and I, I said it in the text, you know, the text to you guys. I said, this is the kind of match that makes Jim Cornette lose his shit and good. Good. I hope he doesn't lose his shit. I hope he lost sleep over this fucking match. Because, yeah, it, there wasn't storytelling to it. And, I, you know, I mentioned before, I'm a big fan of a storytelling match. Uh, and that wasn't here, but it was a spot fest in the best possible fucking way. It was just absolutely amazing. And what a, what a, and even Kenny, even Kenny went on Twitter and said, you know, let me introduce the world to El Hijo del Vikingo. You know, the, <laughs> every, I mean, and you could see at the end of the match, you know, Kenny patting him on the mat and like, dude, yeah. dude thanking him, you know, because that was, fuck was that just a beautiful thing to watch and just breathtaking to see. And so many different times where both of those guys were, were within millimeters of crippling themselves if if not you know possibly dying i mean they're the that that springboard Ugh. second rope springboard 630 to the outside through the table you watch the alternate angle of that and el Hio's, the base of his skull comes within millimeters of hitting that apron before he makes contact with Kenny. The, the, when Kenny goes for the avalanche power bomb and it gets reversed uh, into a hurricane Rana, Kenny lands like a fucking lawn dart. Just so many incredibly dangerous moments, but we're pulled off because they're two brilliant performers. I, I just, yeah, it's, I've, it's one of the few matches that I've out loud during the match gone 
oh fuck off oh you, you got just like out loud like you've got to be fucking kidding me um and i've i've watched it probably seven or eight times since it originally aired because it, it's 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 just fucking brilliant it's just absolutely amazing and like i said it it defies all laws of physics that i can think of so um i mean tom yeah what do you what do you think all obviously? right here we go El Jijo, <laughs> oh shit! Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I El Jijo, uh, El G, uh, the Viking guy. Um, <laughs> I would like to remind you both that I picked El Hijo del Vikingo as my wrestler to watch of 2023. So, in your fucking faces, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's not carrying. I don't need to say his name right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I'm the winner of 2023. Um, two, two things that I wanted to, to point out to you guys. Uh, one, uh, my daughter was with me when I watched it. And it was, I, it was one of those moments where I was like, you're staying up. You're watching this with me because I love professional wrestling. And she, she could care less about it, but she likes watching it with me because she's amazingly sweet. And I'm no joke. I get a little choked up. She was like, how is he doing this? And she was just so involved in the match. And I was just like, that is exactly why I love this. I love professional wrestling because I just exposed my daughter to one of the coolest matches I've ever seen. Um, That being said, I think what was really brilliant about the match was you had a guy from new Japan and a guy who does Lucha Libre but on an American platform. And I thought that was just absolutely beautiful because they, unfortunately, America is obviously a huge broadcasting network. I thought they purposefully, purposely were like, we're going to go hard. We're going to, we're We're not going to pull our punches. We're going to prove, and we're going to show everybody why different styles are important and they're not, not everything needs to be WWE superstars. Um, and I think they did it masterfully. I, I have no complaints, honestly, with the match. There were some very scary moments for sure, but I think <laughs> they're such professionals that they could they they knew how to handle it and they knew that, like, oh, whoop, he moved wrong. I, I'm gonna do this to fix it. And that's just a testament of how good those guys really are. And on yeah. top of that, too, we've been talking about Del Vikingo for a while you have to give credit where credit is due. Kenny Omega just proved that he's the best fucking wrestler on the planet. Like yep. he, I don't, there was people who were complaining that like, um, oh, I wish this was for the belt. I wish Del Vikingo would have won. No, Kenny Omega made that guy look like a million bucks. And on top of that, he protected him. He made him look strong. Sure. Omega went over. I don't think that, 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 feud if you will is over i i hope to see so much more out of that and and i think you will and i was just absolutely blown away i think it was one of the greatest matches i've seen possibly in the last 10 to 15 years i mean from the, the very start and i mean the very start when justin roberts i don't i texted tom this jim and i just didn't i don't know why i didn't think that maybe i did it to the group i'm not sure but when justin you can see justin roberts face is like you guys have no fucking idea what you're in store for. Like you can see him like smirking <laughs> and grinning. this, but this is like, again, to add more to why. And I think all of us would agree why 
we love this so much. That crowd really also helped that match because they were like, what the fuck? Yeah. You could just hang that crowd. I, I told Caitlin the same thing. I said, if that guy did that in Chicago, I probably would have passed out or lost my voice, like watching something like that. And it's like, and even in, and again, I don't have any children yet, but you know, and my wife again, begrudgingly puts up with some of this nonsense and we'll watch dynamites with me and whatnot. But I, and uh, she doesn't, she just gets really, she doesn't like it. it, it the cringe factor um, that goes into it. Some of these moves, you know, and it's, she uh, just doesn't like the cringy stuff, um, you know, especially with blood and whatnot. And I told her, when I said this, I was like, there's a couple of cringe moments, but you need to see this. Like, you need to see why this is like why I love this so much. And even she was just like, holy shit. Like, that, what? Like it, some of the moves that he did. And, and we were talking about it a little bit earlier. The trust that you have to have in somebody to jump off a small square six inch post flip off like that that the the dragon rana to the outside oh my god unreal then i was even earlier you know what i just said when he's looking up at him for that backflip hurricane rana thing he does unreal like it's just that oh man i i think we said all we could say i mean it was just what a perfect moment for wrestling fans and i think for two styles for two I don't want to say unknowns, but kind of unknowns. You know, there's still people that don't know who Kenny Omega is, you know, and it's, I guarantee people are going to be like, you, you got to see this. Like, it's going to be, this is the, the buzz, the tape trades, the, the early ECW days of, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I just hope Tony Khan's smart enough to kind of keep riding on this and just building on this, like giddiness that like, holy shit, you know, with forbidden door two coming up. And it's just, yeah, and it's it'll it, it's going to be fun either way. Tom, I, you were going to say something. No, I I think one of one of my favorite moments from that match were uh, I was like audibly just going like "Oh my god" out loud was when he did that monkey flip onto the 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 hardest part of the ring. I I was like just like flabbergasted at how none of those guys got hurt off of that. I was seriously like, oh, my God, this is going to go wrong. And then it, it just it landed perfectly. And my daughter and I were just like looking at each other and just going, what, then on, what on earth are we watching? <laughs> but it was, uh, gosh, it was it was a thing of beauty. I, and I also loved that <clears throat> it just was like right up, right off the gate. Just like Kenny Omega barely makes it down to the ring and just boom, here we go. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> oh, so good. Well, and it was the other one and it's, it's, I wish I could, I'm going to try and find it tonight and I'll send it in the group text, but it was a simple little Lucha Libre Huacan Rana that it was, but he, he does something where he like twists his body upside down to head scissor him and then throw him out. It was just that simple, but like mm -hmm. just some of those moves that when he did that, Tom, you told me about it when he ran and did that weird flip through the ropes in the turnbuckle, I was like, wait, what? the hell wait what did he just do it was it was so fast and i'm like wait I, okay and but i thought it was brilliant that kenny beat him down and like really really grounded him with really good big heavyweight moves backbreakers but still had that kind of lucha libre twist to it and then you know he comes back and does some of the other stuff when he caitlin my wife i think audibly went ah, 
when he did the <laughs> poison rana, when he jumped up, jumped mm-hmm. backwards onto Kenny's shoulders and then dumped him before he did the springboard outside. My God. I just like every bit of that was just, oh my goodness. Like, yikes. And he's, I don't know if you guys saw the text earlier, but um, he's going to be at the Ring of Honor Supercard uh, fighting Commander. Oh, um, yeah. That is going to be nuts. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> coming off of what I saw that Commander guy do, the, the, it's going to be fun and it yikes, <laughs> but yeah, no good, good pick Tom. I mean, it boy, oh boy, it, we're at what March and we've got nine That's more months year, to go. Probably. Yeah. Of, of a lot well, between of- that and the, the Kenny and uh, uh, Osprey match. I mean, you be, think of that. We're, we're at the end of March and two of the best matches I've seen in a decade already. And both involving Kenny Omega, just for the record. All right, well, Tom, you have our spotlight this week. I I got to be honest. Uh, I'm nervous, <laughs> but in a good way. I'm I'm nervous, but also excited. Interesting. So, yeah, it's just you. Know, given your history, you've had some gems. I I that's why I'm excited, but I'm also nervous because you're salty. Uh, you've been in a salty mood, and I'm curious. I'm curious what kind of insults are going to be thrown at us uh, via the spotlight. So, what do you, what do you got for us, Tom? I think you guys will be pleasantly surprised with my pick. Uh, so with that mm-hmm. being said, I'd like to steal Jim's game idea for the spotlight. I'd like to play a little Uh-oh. word association games with you guys. So, for example, when I say the word heel, some may say babyface. Some may even give an example of their favorite bad guy wrestler. So I'd like to do a little word association with you guys. So what's the first word that comes to your mind when I say hitman? Brad Hart. Hart. Perfect. What if uh, what if I were to say NWO? Hulk Hogan. Brad Hart. (laughs) (laughs) Hearts unknown. Ultimate Warrior. Brad Hart. Brad Hart. (laughs) What what comes to your mind when I say the word Kings? Owen Hart. Mm. Mike. I think King. I think Kings of Wrestling. Okay, Chris Hero and Claudio Castagnoli. What about if I say hip hop? What comes New to mind when I say hip hop? New Jack. <laughs> it's it's New Jack Part Two, guys. <laughs> I I'm thinking of something, and I really don't want to be thinking of it, and it's making me upset. Uh oh. Conan. No. And then finally, I'm thinking because NWO, NWO, hip hop, fuck, is it Conan? Okay. No, it is not Conan. And then finally, the last word that comes to your mind, what comes to your mind when I say the word villain? Marty Skrull. Interesting. Mike? William Regal. Mike, you were actually right. Not William Regal. Because what does every villain need? They need a hero. Some even say a wrestling company needs the man himself, Chris Hero. That's right. The spotlight is... Ah, there it is. Uh, 
That is right. One half of the Kings of Wrestling. Uh, some consider him the god of independent wrestling. Uh, that's it. it. Elbow, 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 repeat. We're talking about Chris Hero. <laughs> Pleasantly surprised. I love Chris huh? Hero. Jim, how do you feel about that? Yeah. yeah. I fucking, I'm, I actually, I have a Chris Hero shirt that it's nice. the Wu-Tang symbol, but it says Chris Hero. Uh, and it's one of my, fa- it's literally the only yellow shirt I own. No, I, I, I too have a, I had a, I had a Chris Hero shirt, but I had to get rid of it. I was in a, I was like, I, I saw it and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get this. And it just said elbow, elbow, elbow knockout. And I only wore it to the gym and maybe out in public once and just got a lot of like, Jim bros either were like, I'm yeah. like, oh crap, nope, I don't need this. And then I just get weirdo people who would cross the street and be like, oh my God, I think this guy just loves to beat people up. And I was like, eh, great shirt, Chris Hero, but like very, if you don't know what this means, like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. but love me some Chris Hero, Tom. <laughs> love it. All right. Good, good choice. So coming in from Clayton, Ohio, Chris Sprawdlin, as he's known as, decided to train as a professional wrestler in the summer of 1998 after undergoing some initial training in Middletown, Ohio. Uh, Chris Hero debuts in September 12th, 1998 uh, in Zeno, Ohio, wrestling Sean Hartthrob Halsey in the Unified Championship Wrestling Promotion. Uh, he was under the supervision of a small-time promoter named Gary Goffinett. Uh, Sprawlden trained for a little bit alongside his friend, Adam, uh, Gazy under a wrestler by, which is one of the best wrestling names I've ever heard. Bo Dacious. At the monster factory at the suggestion of Matt striker, which I actually found really interesting. He tells Chris hero to actually get properly trained by Les Thatcher's Cincinnati based HWA main event wrestling camp. So he goes to wrestling school between 1999, uh, May of 99 and into November of 99, uh, which is crazy who are some of his, and I'll save it for the end, who some of his trainers are, but one of them being uh, Dory Funk Jr. at the Funkin Conservatory (laughs) Professional Wrestling School. (laughs) Greatest name for a wrestling school ever. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great because my daughter's name is Dory, and for a long time, as a nickname, I'd call her Dory Funk, and she was like, "Please stop calling me this, Dad." <laughs> so, Hero, uh, he started wrestling, which is—I weirdly remember this. Um, he started. He wrestled under the name Wife Beater because he would wear a white tank top. Um, <laughs> oh my it's, God! It's, wow! Yeah. <laughs> He continued to use the character until a woman's group offended by the gimmick. Shocker. Oh, shit. So Hero was wrestling in Platteville, Wisconsin, of all places. Um, he He's actually weirdly very popular in, like, the IWA Mid-South territory at this time. Time. So time. he offended, uh, rightfully so, uh, a woman's group, and they boycotted the show, um, which Chris Hero thankfully took to heart and was actually very upset about it. Uh, so he changed his name to none other than Chris Hero. He, his last match as the wife beater is in 2000. So Hero debuts in IW Mid South in July of 2000. Um, something about uh, Hero's career is he is all over the place, and he wrestles so many people that will 
eventually become popular in different companies. Um, so he wrestles the Sweet Science 16 tournament, uh, defeating four other wrestlers, uh, one of them being Colcabana, American kick, Kickboxer, Ace Steel, and Harry Palmer. Uh, he unsuccessfully challenges Sabu uh, for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship at Bloodfest 2000. Again, great pay-per-view names, great, uh, great uh, wrestlers. So in 2001 in Charleston, Indiana, Hero wins the IW Mid-South Heavyweight Championship from the champion, none other than Trent Baker. He held the title on December 5th of that year when he lost it to, any guesses, guys? The NWA? Claudio Castagnoli. No. December 5th of that year, he loses it to none other than CM Punk. I was going to say CM Punk. That's ah! that was my guess. It was Punk. He regains the title again in July 12th of 2002 after he defeats Colt Cabana. And then he loses it to another spotlighted wrestler that I talked about, Mr. M-Dog 20. Lots of connections. So he goes to Shikara, Chikara. Excuse me. He goes to Hero goes to Shikara and forms the Super Friends. From 2002 to 2005, he's in Shikara. Um, he teams with CM Punk, Colcabana, which actually I didn't know that CM Punk and Colcabana were actually in Shikara. Did you guys? I didn't actually. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know that. So he forms a a group <laughs> and they call themselves the Gold Bond Mafia. <laughs> Um, that's why i love kakara oh yeah (laughs) and he forms um or excuse me he fights uh he has a he has a lengthy feud with the black t-shirt squad of reckless youth mike quackenbush and don montoya uh in july 2003 uh uh the team of chris hero and mike quackenbush the super friends were formed um at this time in 2005, um, he creates, uh, which Mike alluded to, the Kings of Wrestling with Claudio Castanoli, aka a Cesaro. So, in, number, in November 17, 2006, at a Chikara show, he um, he loses the t- <laughs> him and Castanolo, <laughs> him and Castanolo, uh, Castanogli. Oh my God. Uh, lose these titles to Fist, uh, Icarus, and Grand Akumua, Akoma, in a two out of three falls match following <laughs> Fist turn on Castanello. Cast, oh my god, I can't say his name. Wow, Claudio, Claudio. Castanoli, and engage in beating him down. This was due to uh, Claudio signing a developmental deal with the World Wrestling Entertainment. So fast forward, um, he kind of bounces around, excuse me, to go back. He, in 2002, he debuts in uh, CZW. Uh, he wrestles uh, Ruckus, Nick Gage, Jimmy Rave. He has a lot of matches in there. In 2006, Hero uh, takes part in the Best of the Best tournament. Um, however, he backs out to, uh, due to injury. And he comes back and he eventually wins the CW, CZW World Heavyweight Championship. Now we're going to fast forward to his run in TNA, which was extremely brief. He was in there for oh, maybe about a couple of months. I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, then he shows up in uh, one of our favorite uh, federations, PWG, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. 
Um, again, this is where you kind of see him reignite. Uh, so Claudio, I, I didn't know this, but Claudio, I guess, failed a a, um, a steroids test. And it was it was being like reviewed. So he kind of got it thrown back to the Indies. And this is when he him and um, Chris Hero reunite as the kings of wrestling. And they, that's where they kind of like they have their run in like Ring of Honor and stuff. It's like that's where their length, lengthy tag team uh, run was. Um, so he wrestles all the time in PWG. He actually wrestled there from 2004 to 2011. Um, again, he he is like the indie indie guy he's like everywhere so he's a part of ring of honor in 2005 to 2012 um he was a a big part in the uh ring of honor CZ, czw invasion which actually i didn't know about oh yeah that was that was big that was a big deal because mm-hmm. he was he it was essentially as i believe and jim correct me if i'm wrong it was um chris hero either started with ring of honor or was supposed to be mr ring of honor and was more for CCW, the kind of newer ECW or whatever or something. Right. I, I, exactly. Yep. Okay. Yep. Nailed it. Yeah. He yep. like turned his, he like turned his back on ring of honor. Yeah. I can't believe you didn't mm-hmm. know that Tom. That was a, that was like a, a big feud for a while. So they no. showed up at each other's pay-per-views and I, th- I think CCW did and like legit, like almost started a riot at one of a ring of honor show. There, yeah. There's look it up on YouTube. Yeah, I'll have to. Ch- I have, I'll have to check it out. I didn't. I didn't know any of that. Um, during the Ring of Honor era, he is. This is where he becomes like the international traveler. Um, he goes everywhere. He wrestles in Europe for uh, Westside Extreme Wrestling. He's in Australia, Austria, Belgium, Canada, England, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, Mexico, the Netherlands, Peru, Scotland, Spain, Switzerland, and of course the U.S. Um, he wrestles. What's that? I said, Jesus. <laughs> he is everywhere. Uh, in 2009, he returns. Uh, he goes to, excuse me, he goes to, uh, uh, he wrestles for uh, Pro Wrestling Noah. He actually has a really good uh, rivalry with Richie Steamboat. It's a name I haven't, I haven't read about in a long time. Um, he kind of, he stays around in, for a while in, uh, Noah, he actually helps train a lot of the like up and coming talents there. Um, him and actually Richie Steamboat, I think he trains Richie Steamboat at one point. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Kings of wrestling are back. They come back in, uh, 2011 in April in Noah. Uh, they take the, um, they take part in the global tag league. Uh, where they managed to win uh, several several matches. Uh, he goes to Evolve in 2010. Uh, again, where he's just... He, actually, uh, he wrestles... Oh, gosh. Aikudo Hidaka in the main event of the evening. Um, and then he also, uh, in 2010 joins wrestling re- the wrestling retribution project where he performs very briefly as chris hyde <laughs> so 2011-2013 he joins fcw aka the wwe um it was basically the what would you say like what nxt is now pre-nxt yeah, pre-nxt yeah, yeah. i was gonna say it turned into mm-hmm. nxt right yeah mm-hmm and so he he this is where he he wrestles and this is where maybe some people might know him from. He changes his name to Cassius Bono. 
Um, he, he later reveals that he had come up with the name himself, wanting to have his initials K.O. Oddly familiar. Ono was taken from Apollo Ono. Uh, this is NXT rebrands and turns uh, from FCW into NXT. Um, he defeats Mike Dalton in a uh, house show. Uh, again, this is where he reignites the feud with Richie Steamboat. He was thrown in various odd feuds. Um, eventually, he turns babyface after being attacked by the Wyatt family. Uh, November 2013, Hero is released from WWE, ending his first stint in the company. After his release, he has said that he enjoyed the last 21 months and intended to continue with his independent career, including international dates in Europe and Japan. The split was reportedly on good terms with Hero saying that the door was open to a future with the WWE. He would go on to say in my exit interview, they said we would like to take a while and revisit later on to see if things change. So now he gets he returns to the indie uh, circuit. Um, 2013 to 2014, um, if you guys can remember, he shows up at a Ring of Honor show and attacks Adam Cole and Matt Hardy, which is uh, one of the greatest surprises, I think, in Ring of Honor. Uh, you get, uh, I think it's what, Giovanni Rubinzi, right? Is that his name? Giovanni, what's his name? Rubisi. Rubisi? Giov- oh. Giovanni Rubisi? Yeah, no, no, what's his name? Oh my God. The actor? No, the commentator guy. Oh, oh my God. Ian, Ian Riccoboni? Riccoboni? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck does Giovanni Rubisi have to do with this? Like, What's his name? Ian, Ian Riccoboni. Ian Riccoboni. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh my God. What the fuck? I'm so sorry. I totally <laughs> screwed <laughs> So Giovanni Rubinsi is announcing for Ring of Honor. And he. Is like screaming at the top of his lungs. He's saying, a hero, Ring of Honor needs a hero, and Chris Hero shows up, elbows the shit out of Adam Cole, and it's wonderful. Um, so in, in while he's bouncing in between Ring of Honor and his independent circuit, uh, he wrestles uh, at Dragon Gate. He fights Johnny Gargano. Uh, and he actually, on December 15th of 2016, he defeats Lance Storm in the Smash Wrestling debut. So after his Ring of Honor dates and his independent, he actually comes back to NXT in 2016 to 2019. Again, wrestling under the name Cassius Ono. Where he challenges Shinsuke Nakamura at the end of the live show, which actually is really weird because he shows up kind of in a suit and he's face to face with Nakamura, which I think. It is like the most ill-fitting suit I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it's really bad. In 2017, he comes back to NXT. Uh, he fights. Uh, he has really very non-memorable feuds. He uh, he gets in a feud with No Way Jose. Uh, he confronts Bobby Roode. Uh, I believe he challenges him for the NXT Championship, but he loses. Uh, he's the one who actually uh, beat Elias to have Elias go to Raw. This is the when he came back to NXT the second time, I was just very like he makes really no waves. And he's got a lot of like, which is really disappointing for especially for a guy like Chris Hero, is that he mm-hmm. just man, he just is in some very 
very lackluster feuds. And I think he really wanted to wrestle Nakamura, but he never did. It was yeah. just so they just mm-hmm. went nowhere. Wasn't he in a feud with, with, God, I hate to bring this douchebag up, but Riddle, yeah. I remember like before, mm-hmm. again, before he became, you know, known as a douchebag, um, they had wrestled, I believe I, they were both PWG guys. And I was kind of hoping for mm-hmm. some, and again, to your point, it was just when they had the feud, I was like, oh, this is going to be really good. Like, cool. You know, maybe some stiff stuff, whatever. And it was just a dud. I was like, I clearly, I can't even remember what it was about. I just remember Chris Hero was like coming out and attacking him. And other than that, yeah, he he, he wrestles. Uh, he wrestles Matt Riddle, and I believe this is like his last, like kind of last big feud in NXT. Um, he wrestled. Uh, he wrestled Kushida uh, for his debut match in NXT, which again right. I really mm-hmm. honestly just don't remember. Um, he shows up at Evolve Wrestling because WWE has a partnership with him. Um, he fails to defeat Fabian. Uh, Eichner, Eichner, yeah, hey, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phoebe and Giovanni, <laughs> uh, for the world championship. Uh, then he shows up in NXT UK, which, uh, I unfortunately he doesn't really have too many, uh, too many memorable matches. He, he wrestles Travis Banks, and uh, unfortunately, due to the COVID 19 pandemic, uh, Chris Hero, alongside many wrestlers, gets laid off. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of people speculate that the reason why he was let go is actually because of his fluctuating uh, weight issues, um, which he's addressed numerous amounts of times. Uh, from what I understand is that he – a lot of people were like – in the WWE system were like, oh, you're lazy and you just don't want to work out. I th- I believe he, he he doesn't really like to talk about it because it's – quite frankly, nobody's business, but he does right. say that like he, he loses to like thyroid issues kind of being the reason why he can't like keep the weight off. But I, mm-hmm. I thought this was really interesting uh, for you, Mike, about why he like what he felt about when he left uh, the WWE. He said, mm-hmm. you're not even really a wrestler. You will have opportunities to wrestle, but you are a superstar that is telling the stories that they want you to tell and occasionally doing wrestling moves. That's kind of how it breaks down. And it can be very frustrating for people that have pro wrestling tied to the identity of who they are and who they want to be. Because unless you have you be because unless you because a huge star become a huge star, you will not have the time on television to wrestle properly. You'll be in there for four minutes here, 10 minutes here, maybe 15 minutes on a pay-per-view, but it will be micromanaged. And until you gain a certain amount of equity, you have to do things their way. And if you don't do things their way, you will not get an opportunity to where you can build that equity up. Very fascinating. Well said. Yeah. He's, but he's right. I mean, and that's the thing. And I mean, it's, it's, it's funny that you say that. Cause like, even with his weight issues, like the man was still really, really good. Um, I implore anybody go back and watch some of his PWG matches when he backflips over the top rope and like, does a plot, like he's good. He just, he couldn't keep his weight. It, it was too fluctuating. And it's, it's, it's a drag because I believe, um, and I didn't know if you were going to get into this time, but I thought Cassius Ono or Chris hero was supposed to be the, like the Wade Barrett or was supposed to be, or he was supposed to be in um, the Nexus, I guess, or something, or it was supposed to be, he was well, shield. He was shield. Oh, was it shield? Okay. Cause he I was, thought he was, he was supposed to be Roman reigns. Yep. Right? 
Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I thought it was something else because I thought it was like mm-hmm. punk with like it was like punk handpicked. It was like that because that's why he got involved with the Nexus, and that's where I, you know, Chris Hero, Cassius Owen was going to come in. I had no idea he was supposed to be in the Shield. Yeah, he was supposed to be wow. Reigns, Reigns' yeah. character, and um, which is total Damn. horseshit because the the that was like McMahon's like veto because he was like, nope, he's mm-hmm. not a body guy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Man, and uh, man, the amount of talent that guy has. That's yeah. unreal. He's he is seriously one of the most like fascinating wrestlers to to like read up on because he is like he knows like insider baseball for like wrestling. Mm-hmm. He he has a podcast mm-hmm. um and it the the things that he talks about is just so like specifically like generated towards like certain wrestling styles or like certain specific wrestlers. It's basically a podcast for like giant wrestling nerds. So yeah. Um, and after NXT, he kind of just disappears. Unfortunately, I think the pandemic kind of ruined a lot of stuff for indie shows. He still does independent bookings here and there from what I've read. I also did read that. Excuse me. Gosh. I did read that he is actually a producer for the new Ring of Honor for Tony Khan. Really? Oh, awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. And I was like, whoa, that's, that's awesome. And he's doing a lot of behind the scenes. Um, some fun facts about Chris Hero. I was going to go into the he he was going to be a, a member of the Shield, but that was next. Um, CM Punk handpicked him to, to be in it, along with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. Uh, he's in a music video, the ballad of Bruce Moose by the indie band born ruffians, uh, where he's performing his signature rolling elbow and moonsault in slow motion. Chris hero makes an appearance on CM Punk's best in the world documentary where they talk about the mid South days. Um, so here's some of the, the guys that Chris hero has trained with, uh, Dave Taylor, William Regal, fit Finley. Uh, he, uh, learns a lot of Lucha. Oh, God damn. He learns a lot of Lucha. Oh my God. Lucha Libre through training beneath Jorge. There it is. Um, let's see here. Oh, so he, again, his weight, he was, uh, a lot of people thought he was, had a lazy work ethic and he would regularly skip workouts. Uh, hence that's why a lot of people think he was fired because of his weight. But, um, he, he hero calls the rumor absurd because he points out uh, that he has matches against Luke Harper, Rusev and Tyler Breeze. And he he's just Chris Hero in it. And he's he's amazing. And he has great matches with him. Um, and he has uh, I am going to butcher this Masawa's blessing. Uh, Mits- Mitsuhura. Mitsuhura Masawa. I did it. Uh <laughs> Use the, the the roaring uh the rolling elbow. Um he he got his blessing uh at the Noah Dojo. And something that I thought was really interesting, um he competed in Canada Smash Wrestling. Uh Hero came up with the ultimate charity match. He decided to wrestle 30 minutes for every five hundred dollars he raised. And after raising a total of 3,440, Chris Hero worked a three-hour, ten-minute gauntlet match against nine separate opponents, which yep. Included the former cruiserweight champion Rich Swan. No shit. Yeah, he wrestled That's the length of a pay per view. 
Oh my God. Mm-hmm. By yeah, himself. Okay. Yes, by himself. Wow. I've never heard that before. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's here's some of his uh before we, we discuss the man, Chris Hero, here's some of his uh accomplishments. He is CZW Iron Man. Uh he was one time CZW World Champ, DDT Pro Wrestling, he's an Iron Man uh champion. He's a one-time Evolve champion. Uh, he's a heavyweight GPW champion. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> he's a Juggalo tag team championship no, no. with Claudio. Uh, <laughs> he is ranked number 36 uh, in the PWI of 2011. And, of course, his big titles, Ring of Honor, uh, tag team championship two times with Claudio. Uh, he that is probably one of his his best works is with the Kings of Wrestling. So as uh, as painful as this spotlight was to get through, fellas, um, <laughs> I think Chris Hero is a remarkable and underutilized talent. Uh, I've always thought that. I think one of the greatest matches, if you can find it, um, is his rivalry with punk and uh iwa mid-south where they literally try to tear down the entire arena um yeah chris hero is just unfortunately a guy i think it was his unfortunately his physique that really people were kind of turned off by and he is a insanely gifted wrestler i think he is uh, a lot of people talk about like chris canyon um, I think he he falls under that category of like revolutionizing certain moves and styles. And he is a dude that you want in your company, whether he's a producer, whether he's a wrestler, whether he's a commentator. I think Chris Hero is a must. If you if you were to build a, a, a fantasy federation, I think Chris Hero would definitely be on the top of my list for there. So what do you guys think? I'll leave it. To, uh, I'll give it to you so you can properly uh, get some names right. And I can hide my head. In the <laughs> Uh, well, I got a couple a couple things I'll I'll say about uh, Mr. Hero. Number one, uh, when I bought, uh, I think it was WWE 2K18. I think it was. Uh, it was the one with AJ Styles on the cover. Uh, one of the first things I did was create a faction called the Knockout Artists, and it was Cassius Ono, Kevin Owens, and Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, just because a I yeah, thought that's, that's a great it. fucking team, and b they were all. KO initials. Uh, another thing I love about uh, Chris Hero uh, is I think Kings of Wrestling is one of the best tag teams I've ever seen. I fucking love Kings of Wrestling. I think they're uh, they need to be in the discussion of best tag teams of our generation. Uh, I, I thought they were phenomenal together and and completely underappreciated for their time. Um, regarding the his, his weight, I'll I'll say this: I think that if Cassius Ono had worn different wrestling gear, he would have been okay. His insistence on wearing trunks, I think is what did it in more than the weight because his body style is not outrageous compared to a lot of the other guys who are still, I mean, look at Kevin Owens, right? But it's that he, he insisted on wearing the trunks. And I think that highlighted a lot of the, the, the body issues that were there. Um, You know, one of my favorite, underground clips is of Chris hero in CZW inciting a riot pretty much with the, (laughs) with the fans, right? You talk about Bubba Ray Dudley and ECW heat at Chris hero and CZW damn near started a fucking brawl in the stands um, because he was so good at generating heat. 
I think he has all of the gifts and all of the talent you could want in a pro wrestler. It just wasn't the right package in WWE. I think if you had packaged Cassius Ono in the style of Kevin Owens, not obviously exactly like that, but Mm -hmm. kind of that, that philosophy, I think Cassius Ono is an NXT champion. Uh, you can't deny his talent in the ring. You can't deny his talent on a microphone. You can't deny his character work. Uh, had some of the best facial expressions I've seen in a ring. I, amazing talent. I think he was just a, a a victim not of his weight, but a victim of this the style. Uh, a victim of of his his ring attire. Honestly, uh, which I know sounds weird. I mean, I'm saying it out loud. I'm like, that's a fucking weird thing to say. But I, I honestly do. I think I think you put that guy in shorts. People don't notice his weight as much. It becomes less of an issue. He was such a, sorry, Mike. He was such a fan of basketball that that's why he insisted on wearing like jerseys to the ring. Cause he was just like, I love basketball and I don't care. I don't care what anybody has to say. I'm just going to keep doing this. I've done it for years on the Indies. I'm going to keep doing it. And yeah, I I think you're absolutely right, Jim. I think if he would have been repackaged just with the, his, what he wore, I think he would have been, yeah, sky's the limit, especially in NXT. Mm-hmm. yeah no it's a, it's a shame um you know i it really not much more to add um you know but just again to double down on jim's statement of one of the best tag teams i think i've ever seen Absolutely. with him and claudio they just something worked with them um and i even think i i believe um claudio when he teamed with um tyson kidd uh, would do the giant swing and then Tyson Kidd would do the kick that came from the Kings of wrestling. And I mm-hmm. believe yeah. Chris hero was like, yeah, you can do it. You know, then like allow, you know, from what I heard um, because, you know, again, wrestlers are very protective of their moves and whatnot, but I just, again, speaks to the awesomeness of Chris Hero. I was like, yeah, sure. You know, as you know, Mitsuhiro Masawa did with his roaring elbow uh, to Chris hero. I think that's really cool. Um, but yeah, it, go back and watch any of those tag team matches. They're just, they just work so well together. Um, and it, it just, it, it, yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's two great guys that are good at wrestling, uh, and tag team wrestling, um, and whatnot. Um, if I had to pick any era, I think that was my favorite of Chris heroes was his PWG days, um, where he just, he just kind of let loose. Like I said, you know, again, I hate, I feel like we're, you know, you know, centering on his weight. Not that he was a bigger guy, whatever. But again, to Jim's point, yes, I think he was a victim of his attire because he insisted on wearing trunks or like Tom said, everything he wore like was matching the basketball team that he was obsessed with. I think that time, but watching him, this man of this size, you know, this, this big dude do a backflip up over the rope is pretty fucking impressive into a small crowd too. And that was when they were in the Reseda building. Oh, yeah. So um you know much more tighter quarters and it just again shows how great that guy is so um he did a number of appearances in the battle of los angeles again you know putting over really really young talent i think that's actually where he was either mark andrews or maybe it was travis banks i'm not sure um go back and watch that one where he gets upset by him uh and he throws like a temper tantrum and absolutely destroy he does like his i think he does like three roaring elbows in a row. And then he ends up doing like his pile driver off the top. It's just brutal, but it's just, it's Chris, you know, it's good. It's Chris hero telling a story, but um, was the, the, the CZW riot one, was that where he's also there's, I thought it was CZW where he's like, he realizes like he may have overdone it 
and he's like backing <laughs> away like whoa hey hey like was yeah. that that one where he's yeah. like oh, oh shit yeah. like that's what i'm talking about okay that's what i thought it was yeah because that's one of my favorite ones where he's like antagonizing yeah and then he's like uh oh uh oh nope nope like this is fake <laughs> this is fake like it's just kind of funny. So, but good choice, Tom. No, <laughs> Chris here is amazing. And it's just, it sucks that he just couldn't find the right fit, unfortunately. And I, I would love to see him in AEW, man. What is, and I heard too, um, maybe I, I thought it was him, but I thought he was going to be one of the either labors of Jericho or something with Wardlow. And it just, it didn't work for some reason, or it was, you know, Chris hero just was like, nah, it's, you know, not the right time or something like that but that would have been so cool like wow what a what a huge surprise yeah no he he was he was supposed to be one of the the labors of jericho yeah and that's feuding with mjf because i thought it was they they couldn't get it was um that's why they got hoovy because i i I, or one of them it was Mm -hmm. they they went in a different direction because they couldn't get chris hero or something like i it i don't know but that would have been man what a fun pop that would have been good choice really good choice Thanks. Yeah, I, I got to admit, I'm uh, pleasantly surprised. Not nearly as insulting as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> oh, I'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> That'll wrap it up for this episode, but come back next time for more news, analysis, and of course, Spotlighted Wrestler of the Week. Big thanks for giving us a listen, and a super thanks for subscribing to this podcast so you can have our dulcet tones delivered right to you each week. Feel free to leave us some feedback on your podcast delivery platform of choice. On behalf of Mike and Tom, I am Jim, and we are out. Out.